Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point, and today I'm with Paul Eastwood. Uh, Paul, welcome. Hey. Uh, we started on Sunday our new series after Easter called Rejecting Jesus, um, where we're exploring some of the reasons why people have rejected Jesus and why people still reject Jesus. I'm really excited about this series. Uh, and we dove in and talked a bit on Sunday about the religious talked about the Pharisees and talked about why they rejected Jesus, what some of the the barriers were. Do you want to give us a little recap? Yeah, and so we talked about this idea of uh, the people who were face-to-face with the Almighty God in the person of Jesus. They heard what he had to say. They listened to his stories. They saw his compassion. They saw the way he loved the world, and yet they still were like, nah, not for me. Hmm. And, and I think that's helpful for us because I think in many ways we either are those people where we have questions and we start to kind of pull away when we get uncomfortable or we know people that are like that and so we can engage in conversation. But what I said on Sunday, which I thought was a good way to start, was that there are times when we reject Jesus and we don't even know it, yeah. where we do it inadvertently. And I think sometimes we looked at the, we looked at an account from Mark and we talked about Pharisees and the yep. and Pharisees in the Bible often get a bad rap because they're the people that Jesus was mad at the most, mm-hmm. but he was mad at them because they were the ones who were closest to the truth. Yeah. They were following, they were trying to follow God the best way that they could, but Jesus noticed the inconsistencies. He noticed those places where they were missing the mark. And so he often came back at them. And so I equate that to people, well-meaning followers of God who want to do the right thing, um, but whose religion has actually gotten in the way and obscured the truth about Jesus rather than given a clearer picture of it. Hmm. So I talked about two things essentially that that can trip us up. Uh, You know, for those of us who've been in church for a long time, uh, sometimes traditions can trip us up. So sometimes we reject Jesus inadvertently by pursuing traditions rather than the truth of what God has um, shared with us. And the other thing is that um, sometimes we uh, uh, reject Jesus by pursuing this this unhealthy pursuit of perfection in our own lives where we think that Hmm. what I need to do is get cleaned up in order for God to love me. And if I can just be almost perfect, then, you know, then I'll be, I'll be okay in the end. And, and, and that's something that's, that's not true of the gospel. And it's something that we can get really stuck on sometimes. So religion can sometimes get in the way in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's helpful here. I mean, we're starting with rejecting Jesus and often we think about rejection as, uh, a really conscious, like, yeah. we're, I'm rejecting kale. I don't like kale, right? I'm not going to eat it. Um, obviously, Jesus is not like kale. Uh, but but here's an example where people are rejecting Jesus, not intentionally even. Right. Um, they're, they're doing it because they think they're doing the right thing. Right. As is often the case with us, right? Yeah, so it takes, absolutely. it takes such a shift in the way that we think, right? I yeah. mean, this, this idea of uh, pursuing righteousness, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't, isn't bad, right? Like how do right. how do we how do we live in that tension of of uh, I mean let, let's dive in there with with the righteousness with with sure. cleanliness. How do we live in that tension of wanting to live lives uh, of holiness? Yes, and yet not pursuing that above the grace of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's important to say that purity is not irrelevant. And I think mm. you know what I was saying on Sunday was that the Pharisees went out of their way to try to cleanse themselves so that they could be acceptable or holy or set apart or different and and that's not a a, that's not a a bad pursuit i mean Hmm. the fact that we should be pursuing holiness in our lives or pursuing righteousness is a good thing so 
you know, God calls us to purity. He calls us to be holy. He says, be holy as, you know, as I am holy. That's, that's a standard that we'll never be able to reach. So what I want to say at the beginning is purity is not irrelevant. We should be pursuing righteousness and, and, and goodness in our lives. The problem is when we pursue that and we obscure the grace that's offered to us in Jesus, uh, when we obscure the reality that we have been accepted by God because of what Jesus did, Um, it's not about me trying to become the best person that I can be. And, and one of the ways I said it on Sunday is that, and I think this is something that's always been rolling around in my head. I know that most of the world, we, we sort of have this idea that, uh, I, in order for God to love me, uh, I need to change. Mm -hmm. So I need to change and get better in order for God to love me. But people don't change in order for God to love them. People change because God loves them. Hmm. And so it's the order that's really important there. Uh, When we accept Jesus into our life and say, okay, this is the way forward for me. This is the way I'm going to live my life. I'm going to make God number one priority, and I'm going to allow Jesus to be the Lord in my life. When we set that as our priority, we find our hearts begin to change. And once we start changing from the inside and start focusing on different things, it changes behavior. And so I think uh, for the Pharisees, they were trying to do something external. They were saying, okay, well, if you're not clean, then wash your hands ceremoniously and and make it an act of, hey, God, forgive me for all those things that I've done. And they wash their hands. Mm. And and they're trying to do these things externally that are going to change something that that those external things can't change. It has to be a change of our heart. And that has to be something that that comes uh, through God uh, because of his son, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, It seems to me uh, in my own journey that's an easier thing to do early on in the journey. It's an easier thing to understand because you kind of understand it fundamentally. And then you learn it and you can recite it back. But to actually live into that becomes, becomes more difficult as we get more ingrained in traditions and in ways of doing things. How, I mean, for you personally, do you have any examples or, or ways, um, where are those moments that you've seen, um, you know, this, this pursuit of holiness become more dominant than it should um, and kind of overshadow this, this need for God to move in our lives and, and to allow Jesus to be Lord in that way. Yeah. So, you know, I am at heart, there's, there's sort of a part of me that is a pleaser that I, I want to uh, present myself in such a way that people are going to like me or accept me. I mean, that's just been sort of part of my DNA, something that I'm always paying attention to and thinking about. And it reminds me sometimes of my inadvertently, there are times when, you know, if someone asks you a question about, um, well, um, let's, let's take it to the absurd. If a dentist asks you how many times you floss, mm-hmm. you're probably going to, in a, in a quick moment, you'll say, oh, well, I floss, you know, once, you know, I don't know, once a day. And then you realize in your head, I don't really floss once a day. And so you're trying to like backtrack after yeah. that to explain yourself. And so I think in a similar way with spiritual activities, we can sometimes get to this place where we sort of, we, we very quickly try to present ourselves in a different light. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, it's that part of us that quickly wants to say something different that we need to pay attention to Hmm. because the more that that happens, the more we recognize that our heart's not right. We haven't figured that out yet. And so I think that when, if you find yourself in a place where you have this snap kind of, I'll go right out and say a lie about your own spiritual life, um, then you may be more concerned about your appearance or your reputation than your character itself. Hmm. And I think that's the first thing that, that I think you need to pay attention to. 
Um, I also think that we need to be careful. If you are in a place where you are following religious practice, you are coming on Sunday mornings, you are spending time in the word, you're praying, and you still feel like there's a distance between you and God, you need to pay attention to that too. Hmm. Um, Because it's possible that you are pursuing things in a way that are not actually deepening your relationship that that they're you're doing things out of some kind of an obligation uh so i think that we need to be carefully following those or following our our um those warning signs when we see those um and the other thing i would say is that if you are constantly emphasizing your own virtues and recognizing sins in other people uh, that's also something you need to pay attention to um and and i think that if if you're a person who's often pointing around and saying okay well that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong um, and not seeing it in yourself, uh, you got to pay attention to that. So I would say, you know, if if you're in a place where, um, you know, if you've been in a, in a relationship with God for a long time, um, and you're saying, hey, how do I know? I would just say, bring someone around you and ask those questions. Am I paying more attention to people's appearance or, repu- or my own appearance or reputation rather than my character? Am I following all these religious practices and still feeling far from God? Yep. Or am I emphasizing other people's sins? Yeah. Those are those are the big warning signs for me. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, just as you're, you're saying that, I'm struck by the the need that we have to take time to stop and reflect on our own lives. Um, and it's something that our I kind of feel like our current culture and and way of living doesn't doesn't encourage often. We're, yep. we're encouraged to be distracted, um, yep. to be distracted from our own days and our own own realities. So I think a big part of walking with Jesus, if we're going to be walking in the spirit, if we're yeah. going to be aware of how he's working in our lives and what he's calling us to is, is to make time to stop yeah. and reflect. And whether that looks like, you know, prayer or journaling or, yeah. or just quiet, um, you know, we need, we need to carve that out. And again, not in a religious way, not in a like, well, this is the most important thing, but in a way that we can, we can allow God time and space to speak to us. Yeah, and, and, and so another example would be, uh, so that, that brings us to tradition, which is the first thing yeah. that I talked about. And I, I think that there are times when, and, and I think the thing that I, I really mentioned on Sunday, and I, and, and I just want to reiterate that, that traditions are not inherently bad. I think sometimes we get to this place where we think, oh, you know, tradition, we got to get rid of that and really focus on our, our relationship with God. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not about all those other things, but those other things help us. And, and you know, this as a, yeah. as a musician, that those, the repetition, the, um, some of those, those, uh, things that we do on a regular basis actually enhance our relationship with God and can help us. Absolutely. And habits are so key to the exactly. way we live. I, one of my favorite authors, a guy I spent a lot of time with in my master's was James Smith, yeah. wrote a book called you are what you love. Um, and it's just, it kind of the power of habit, the power of, of traditions in our lives and how these things shape us hugely important. Yeah. But they also need to point us to the right things and they can become stumbling blocks, right? Sure they can. But let me give you an example. So for a while I, I was, um, I got into the habit of, of journaling and mm-hmm. probably one of the real deep kind of connection moments or connection periods in my, in my life with God, where I was journaling on a real regular basis and I had created a system which allowed me to do that on a regular basis. And it was yep. a time of day and it was a, a specific format that I went through and, and those kinds of things. Um, someone came to me once and said, and said, well, you know, why are you treating your relationship with God like a, um, you know, if you were to talk to someone on the phone, you wouldn't immediately get off the phone and start writing down all of your thoughts that would sort of cheapen the relationship. And, and so this was not positive advice for me, but I started thinking about it because I was young at the time and I decided, you know what? Um, yeah, there's something wrong with this. My, it shouldn't be so formulaic. And so what I did was I said, okay, I need to do something that's less formulaic. And guess what? I stopped journaling. Hmm. 
right? So those little things, time of day, structure in my on on the page yep. were literally they were traditions for me yeah. and those traditions helped me magnify what i knew about god mm-hmm. and and i think that's really important for us to not to just to dismiss traditions can sometimes take us way further away from god than we than we really want to be absolutely i mean we have the tradition of attending church weekly and absolutely. this is this is a tradition we talk about all the time we see this eroding um even yeah. our people their people are coming less often to church and it's because of busy schedules and often good reasons but but, i mean the bible says and we believe there's something really important and powerful in our relationship with god Mm -hmm. about showing up at church together worshiping together hearing the word of god together engaging together on a weekly basis and sometimes people's reasons for not coming to church on a regular basis is they say well you know my relationship with god is is my relationship and i just do it the way that i want and this is you know and and okay the problem with that is that when you start to get out of the habit of these regular interactions with other believers where you stand next to them and you share truth to each other and all the kinds of good things that happen on Sunday morning, um, you know, when you get yourself away from that, it's almost like an ember getting away from the fire. Yeah. It, it's, it will, over time, it very quickly just turns gray and goes cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that some of those things, like, you know, for instance, on a, on a, you know, we do baptisms together. Yeah. Um, and baptism on Sunday. Yeah. And, and it was great to hear those stories. That's, that is a tradition of our church. That is not something that was prescribed in the Bible. Baptism definitely is prescribed. That's an act of obedience because that's commanded in the, in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But the way we do baptisms is not prescribed. So, you know, telling your story or, you know, doing it um, on the stage on a Sunday morning or, Mm -hmm. you know, in a hot tub, whatever it is, those things aren't prescribed. But for us, the tradition of people telling their stories is, is hugely important to us Mm -hmm. because it allows us to be encouraged and inspired by the people around us. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same with communion, right? We do communion once a month and we pass out these silver trays. There's little crackers and little cups of juice and you know, that's, that's not prescribed in the Bible, but taking communion together is. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's, sometimes it's hard for us to separate those things, right? Um, I, can, can you think of any of examples, uh, maybe, maybe not in our past and, and without, yeah. without tearing others down, but where are there, are there traditions you see hindering us um, that have hindered us in our past that have become problematic for the church? Yeah, and, and this is a tough one because, because traditions can, can affect us personally in mm. very powerful ways, one tradition for somebody might really be important to help magnify God. Um, but we don't worship individually, we worship corporately. Yeah. And so we have to pay attention to that. And, and I would give an example that is often talked about, and I don't mean to take this lightly, but um, the tradition of, of uh, you know, wearing a suit and tie yep. um, is, is extremely important to some people. And they would say that it shows respect and it's, it demonstrates those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we are, we are living in a, in a culture and in a, in a time when, when wearing a suit and tie may actually hinder somebody's ability to understand or, or believe what's being shared. Mm. It, it kind of, it changes the, the whole aspect of, of, of that. So for me, as a, as someone who preaches God's word, the most important thing to me is that people hear God's word being preached on Sunday morning. Yeah. 
And if I can do, if, if whatever I can do to, to break down those barriers. So language is important to me. Um, I, I try to, to use language that is more accessible. Uh, what I wear on Sunday is part of the, the whole bigger picture because I want to be, I want to present God's word in a way that it's heard, Mm -hmm. uh, by, by people. And specifically, I would say most importantly, those uh, who are probably coming, maybe coming for the very first time, Mm -hmm. I want those people to hear the power of the word of God. And I know that people who are, who love to see, you know, suits and ties on Sunday morning, I know that those people also want people to hear the word of God. And so to me, we're on common ground. We can have good conversations about that. Yep. But I would say that, that, you know, hey, we're on the same page here. What's most important is not what a person is wearing. Mm-hmm. What's most important is what's being said. Yep. And as long as we're opening the Bible here on Sunday mornings, uh, that's what's going to be really important for us. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wrestle through the same things when, when doing music, right? Um, right. I, I believe that we want to worship God in a way that's that's understandable, uh, that's rich, that reflects our history and also reflects how God is moving currently. And for us in this time, it means that, you know, we, we do some hymns and they're great. And for our younger people, it takes a lot for them to understand them. And we do a lot of newer stuff as well. And for some of our older people, it takes a lot to kind of get there and to the style of music has changed. And and yet we're, we're trying to find that right balance of, of relationship over, over religion, right? Like of, what what God is doing now while respecting our past without saying tradition is the ultimate. Yeah, and and I think here here's the key. I think that that one of the reasons that we build rituals and tradition into our faith is because we want to take our faith seriously. Yeah. So we have this idea that in order for me to take my religion or what I believe about God seriously. I need to simplify the mystery of God by providing rituals that are going to, you know, make things more clear for me. Um, the problem is that that what we do is we say, okay, I want to take it seriously, and so I'm going to build these rituals. But then what happens is the rituals become the thing, mm. and and that's when we get it wrong. That's where we start because we start to get to this place where it's like, if I do the rituals properly, then things are going to be good with with me and God. Yeah. And, and that's why I mean by well-meaning people often end up in places where they are focusing on the wrong thing all of a sudden. And yeah. that, that's why I think we need to check every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. So we're talking about um, traditions and rituals and, and how they can be both good and challenging. We're talking about um, holiness and, and righteousness and, and pursuing purity and why that's both really mm-hmm. important. It's not mm-hmm. irrelevant, but mm-hmm. it's not the ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're almost out of time. Anything else you've kind of left on the cutting room floor? Anything else you want to say here, Paul? Yeah, there, you know, there's just one thing that I'll try to mention really quickly is that there's the second part of this passage that I found really interesting. Well, actually, the very beginning of the passage, there's a, there's a verse in, in, uh, in chapter 7, verse uh, 4, where it talks about people coming home from the marketplace, and they, it says they do not eat unless they wash themselves. The Greek word that's used here is actually baptismo, which is that whole idea of being baptized. Mm. And uh, this is the really interesting thing. I didn't bring it up on Sunday because I didn't want to draw any conclusions to what was being done, with, you know, in terms of immersion, yeah. baptism. Yeah. But that word means immersion. And so what was happening mm-hmm. is that when these people came back from the marketplace, they were literally going into these, these little tanks. And these tanks would be, uh, it was called the mikvah. And these were, uh, this was a place where you could come home and cleanse yourself from being out in the dirty world. Yeah. 
And I think that the interesting thing about this that I just want to point out is that we still develop practices or we develop our faith in such a way at times where we try to distance ourselves from the world because we don't want to be contaminated by it yep. or made dirty by it. Yep. And and I just want to say that I think that one of the things that Jesus was was speaking against as he confronted these Pharisees is that is that the, that outside world is not what makes you unclean. It's what's in your heart. Yeah. And so it's not about being contaminated by the people around you so much as it is about what's happening in your own life. And so I think for us, the application there is that is that we need to avoid things that pull us way away from people hmm. because ultimately we love people. We want more people to know who Jesus is. And so our goal is to... Is to uh, often be interacting and sometimes that means interacting with people um uh who may be very different than us or or experiencing life or have faith different than us or a different idea about about who god is uh, but that's that's what makes things rich right when yeah. we um when we break down some of those walls uh because i think you know what i what i mentioned on sunday was this idea that when we uh, draw boundaries that are so tight uh they choke out love hmm. and we can't do that no. We've got to move away from that. Absolutely. So good. Thank you, Paul. Uh, any, do you want to give us just a little hint of what's coming in this series? What other kind of things oh, I'm are really we excited about this? So we're going to be talking about people who've rejected, like the rejecting Jesus, this idea. We're going to, we talked about the religious uh, this week coming up. We're going to talk about the stingy. Uh, we're going to talk about the intellectual, the power hungry. And um, so we're going to have some good conversations around oh, yeah. uh, different types of, of uh, people and how they reject Jesus and how we are susceptible many times to the same things. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening along, and we will see you next week here on Postscript. Postscript.